Money Show. Small business. Pavlo Fetidis is the founder at Auric Business Accelerator, and you were venting today on social media. You were venting about people who are very good at what they do, but they then become a little bit obsessed about what they do. And they say, this is my strength. This is what I'm good at. I make this widget, and I'm going to keep making this widget until the cows come home. If the cows stop coming home, I'm still going to keep making this widget because I am the best at making this thing. And what's driving you mad? You keep telling us to focus and <laughs> telling us to, to, to stick to what we're good at. And now you're saying, hold on a second. It's, this seems like a contradiction, Puff. Uh, well, you know what? I think the comment that Mike made earlier about um, when you choose your career, um, there's a lot of wisdom in going with what you have an affinity for. The big problem, of course, is knowing when it is a real thing or when it's just a fancy. And it takes a bit of time and life experience to realize the difference between the two. So a, a lot of people eventually do find a path. They find um, a, a place, a space where in which they create a career. Um, in this particular case, I landed up having what was meant to be a one-hour online meeting with a very, very interesting engineering business based out of Coventry in the United Kingdom. And there's a long history to that region, Bruce, because it's, the, it, it's effectively the Detroit of the United Kingdom. It's where cars were first made. And uh, Daimler emerged there, despite the fact that it was a German individual who started it. Um, it is the place where most of the service providers to the F1, Alpines, Red Bull Racing, Mercedes Petronas all exist today. And this particular business, run by a bunch of engineers, is a very, very well-established business. It's sitting in, I think, year number 56 or 57 of establishment. And we were going to have a chat about... What do you do when the world of NICE is no longer? Now, NICE is an interesting acronym because it's something we yearn for in South Africa. And yet it's something that has governed the economies in developed Western environments, specifically the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Europe. It's an acronym that now stands for no inflation, constant expansion. And that's the world that they came out of. And it's left them in a real quandary. Because with about 87 highly skilled engineers, many of which have got postgrad degrees in the areas of physics and mathematics and design and art and engineering, this is a business that spent close on 12.6, 12.7 million pounds buying state of the art. CNC lathes and tubular welders and additive printers at the beginning of the year when interest rates were running at about one, one and a half percent. They bought assets, fountain equipment needed for these engineers to craft and make beautiful things for the world of automotive racing, assets that are well supported by funding through debt that carries interest. And that's where the conversation began. And this nice world is over. We've gone from the period of exuberance and excess to a period of scarcity. And co companies just didn't see this coming. So what are they doing to cope with nice? Or what are you advising in terms of coping with this, uh, with this world that they are finding themselves subjected to? 
To do the opposite of what we would naturally do, and that applies to all of us, Bruce, in this instance, to do what they need to do, you need high levels of skill and capability. But you know what? It's no different to any other business. If you think about how most people go into business, very often you go into business out of necessity, because trust me, it's the hard end of the game. It's far easier to get a job or far more comfortable to get a job in corporate or government or whatever the case might be. But most people by far go into business out of necessity. There are very, very few people who have the fortunate benefit of a silver spoon that allow them to go into business because of opportunity. So necessity is a key driver. And if you look at how it comes about, when I'm under pressure to create economy for myself, I'm going to play to my strengths. So if I went to a technical college and learned how to be a plumber, the likelihood is I'm going to do something in the plumbing industry. It might be the service of plumbing, it might be the manufacture of pipes or valves, it might be the retail side of it, but I'm going to play to my strength because if I play to my strength, then I have control over the environment I'm wanting to create to create my economy. In other words, I can establish a business, I have credibility. I knock on Mr. Whitfield's house door and say, I'm a plumber, he has my certification and I can fix your plumbing. If I'm a chef, I'm going to go into food services. If I'm an accountant, I'm, I'm going to become an accountant, I guess. <laughs> yes, become an accountant. <laughs> accountants do other stuff too. Be, be nice to accountants. <laughs> I've been mean to accountants before, and I get beaten up in the street. Well, they try, but, but hey. <laughs> Puny. So, so um, we, yeah. go into, we, go, we go into that place or space, and, and we start to, to uh, you know, apply our craft and build a business. And then what happens Things like ESCOM fall to pieces. Things like government demonstrate their complete incompetence in managing economies. Things like currency bounce up and down. Inflation rises. Interest rates follow. Things like rain drains and skill shortages impede our ability to build a team, or so we believe. And so it goes on and on and on. And when you face uncertainty and when you face that kind of pressure in effect it's almost like facing a threat a real threat to the existence of your business and that means to the existence of your well-being and life and bruce when people are attacked they go into one of two conditions it's either flight or freeze what happens in business is if you built your business on the back of your core skill when things go hard and wrong, you go back to your core skill and you double down on building your product better and creating a better service. You tinker with the toy that makes your business exist per se, and it never, ever yields a successful outcome. So when you're sitting with a client that says, I'm very good at doing this thing and I'm doing more of it than ever before, and I'm just going to work harder than ever before, and I'm just going to make more of it. Um, how do you get them to break the cycle? By creating fear and apprehension. And here's the real, real, here's, here's the reality. It's really not that hard to do. You see, if what you do is so specialized, so specialized, and is so complicated that only you can do it, if that is the case, 
then it means that whatever you're doing, whatever business you built, is going to be 100% constrained by you. You are going to reach your limits, and it might be how much time you have available, how much energy you have available, but you're not going to be able to build a business beyond your capacity. Because if everything to do with that business requires your particular set of skills or similar skills like yours, it's going to be that that business obviously reaches a limit. It's well and good for creating a business to generate economy for yourself. And I guess for many people, you know, that is the game in town. It's the game in town until one day of a day you choose to exit your business. Bruce, in this particular instance, this business does 22 million pounds of annual revenue. When you look at how it's run, when you look at the roles of the primary shareholders, when you look at how instrumental and key they are to the six services they offer because of their particular skill sets that they've enhanced and developed over time, a valuation on that business almost falls into either a dollar or the net realizable value of the assets. In other words, the auction value of all these beautiful machines they've bought. And when someone realizes that, and when interest rates rise, and when you start paying for those assets in real terms, where you did not budget before because you didn't foresee the interest rate rise, and the threat of the business becomes a reality, it changes your way of thinking. And that way of thinking is where, hopefully, you can enter with an idea that beyond an exceptional capability in service or product, unless you wrap it with commercial systems, the things that actually take products and services to market, you will find yourself in a position where you're going to slam into a wall. So you've got to get out of the trap and getting out of the trap isn't enough. You've actually got to act on evolving your business beyond yourself and beyond your comfort zone. I mean, it sounds simple, but it's not, is it? No, it's really not, because here's the thing. You know, when you're building your business and you start off with a very, very product-centric view of everything, because, of course, building the product, which is either the product or service you're offering, because it's all centered on your skill set, it means that you're in control. And there's nothing better than there's enough. It's the best feeling in the world to feel that you're in control. Your know, uncertainty doesn't suit anyone. There are very few people who can cope with it comfortably. So we always move into a place where we can feel in control, the illusion of control, it matters. And because it's centered around the product, because it's centered around the service, and because you get good success in the early days, from the first year to the third year, to the fifth year, to the seventh year, and you hit your 10, 15 million rand a year, and you say, well, you know, not bad, I'm on my way, things are, things are tracking well. What happens is you develop a series of habits. And those habits in terms of how you lead the business, how you grow the business, how you organize the commercial systems in the business, how you manage your team, very often become unconscious. You're not even aware that you're doing that. And it's, there's a well-known saying, it's called unconscious competence. When you get in a car to drive to work every day and back, if you really think about it, you're not consciously actively thinking about where you're going and what's on the road. Your mind's elsewhere, but you know how to drive competently without being 100% present in the moment of driving. The same thing happens in a business. And the best way to foresee 
that what you're doing is going to slam you into a wall is that if what you're doing today and how you're behaving around your business today is even anything close to remotely similar to what you were doing two, three, four years back, just know you're in that space of unconscious competence. That competence that got you to where you are won't get you any step further. And the problem with that, if it's still strongly centered around your skills in building your product or service, when I knock on your door one day to say, Bruce, I'm interested in buying your business. And very quickly, I realize that without you there, there perhaps is no business. All the love, skill, capability in the world will be worth one simple dollar. Pablo Fatidis from Auric Business Accelerator. Thank you very, very much indeed. Food for thought this evening here on The Money Show.